are real Kipper and Born. Live streaming on your Sportsnet YouTube channel. And if you are not subscribed to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, what is wrong with you people? I know. Just do it. This is the place to be. Especially as we tee up game two. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brendeo, and Jennifer Rolnick. Big wave from Jen. And of course, a calmer Sammy McKee. Super dressed Sammy McKee today. Big night. Full suit. Work in the game. He'll be at Scotiabank Arena. He'll be picking up the vibe early. You know, it's a, it's a travesty that people are clamoring for the fan or the Sam cam. The guy's in a full suit, and we just stuff him in a in a room there. It's, they don't get to see. I him. like the sport hidden, coat and nice jeans, but I like you hidden. <laughs> you, what is it? I've gone to Don Valley Golf Course twice with Sammy. Yeah, because you don't want to be seen somewhere and good I, with him. I have turned him into a little bit of a celebrity monster. Oh, yeah, no, that's not true. Yeah, it is a little bit. It is. What are you talking? You know, and I, I, I want to bring you along slowly. I don't want you to end up like a, a child star who's <laughs> doing, <laughs> who's Jesus, doing, who's in rehab a years child. later. Oh, my okay? God. I don't want, no. I can't have you, I don't know, Gary, go Gary Coleman on me. And, you know, you, you don't want him to be the American League player who gets too much too soon, gets entitled. You know, he's got to earn it, right? Yeah. Earn it a little bit. He does. When you said American League, I was thinking of baseball, and I was like, oh, the AHL. <laughs> You're a DH. <laughs> yeah. So what, what did we pick up on our first off day between games for the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning? Because prior to game one, we did pick up this, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, a, a, a Cooper versus Keefe. But it had it had started mm-hmm. with Sheldon with his v- somewhat violent borderline violent borderline violent series, and then Cooper playing off of that without even puck like, drop. <clears throat> borderline violent. Haven't played it, yet. Is it safe to say is uh, that media game between these two head coaches? Had picked up between game one and puck drop. Well, yeah, and I would say it was re- probably, if you're Sheldon Keefe, really disappointing to find out that the first game Tampa used Nerf sticks and didn't try, according to John Cooper. That, uh, you know, he he really dismissed that game one outcome with just being like, ah, oh, well, you know, we just, we weren't there. We did address that yesterday. Yeah. And I I like John Cooper. Love. There's a, there's a lot love of John things Cooper. that you love about him and what he's been able to get out of his club the last two years. Tip your hat off. But as I stated yesterday, I found it disrespectful to what the Toronto Maple Leafs did in game one. They, they needed some sort of acknowledge mm-hmm. out of John Cooper that, hey, Give them credit. Give them a little bit of credit. Tip your hat off to them. Do just a little something. Talk all you want about what your team didn't do. Yeah. But at least a little bit of, hey, they came to play, but nothing. No, two-time champs. He said, we've earned it. They have, and we're giving them no love. And did he double down on that? I'd say doubling is an understatement. 
He had a bit of a performance at the stage again today, Johnny Cooper. <laughs> Let's have it. He's he's coaching. He's coaching hard here, boys. I I will get into it more after we hear the first one here, but do we want to start with him downplaying well, the crowd? Yeah, and I want to acknowledge, Sheldon, you've been our, our – our our lead all season long. We're not putting you in the press box. We're not we're not making you a healthy scratch on Kipper's Clippers. There's no Spezza treatment here. But we will start today's show on a beauty from John Cooper, head coach of Tampa Bay. Let's have a listen. Uh, I don't think for us it didn't have a negative effect, positive effect either way. Uh, I did the crowd like the environment though. You know, playing in this city quite a bit. I don't, in the league, you see, you know, regular season games are different. And, uh, you know, sometimes the crowd strolls in. When do they stroll in? In the lower ball. A little, yeah. So they definitely were not late for uh, last night. So it, that was a lot of fun to see. And it, the place was alive. So it was, uh, it, was a, it was a really, it was a sweet environment. A sweet environment. Of course, he's talking about the crowd. Sheldon, after game one, acknowledging that the crowd were his first star of the game. Yeah, and Cooper gave the that's the Bay Street sushi crowd. They're not usually like this. He wasn't right, you know. They were they were sweet. What he said there without saying it is the crowd here is usually you, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I as a Leaf fan who goes to a lot of games for for Sports F Five Nine fan. That's that's it's a sweet environment. I took that as a direct shot. Feels a little bit like we're stirring the it, pot here. It, it's a direct shot to Sheldon, but he ain't that wrong when it comes to the Bay Street guys being late oh, no. for their platinum seats. <laughs> no, he's bang on, bang on, <laughs> bang on. It just it hurts a little. It does. Yeah, it's not not the best crowd at times. But you got to understand Most. too. Those Bay Street guys are in for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they love the team. And tickets. Yeah. But they ain't coming out until they cut a deal that helps them pay for those seats. (laughs) Do you understand? And if it means 10 or 15 minutes late, they're not dumb enough to not understand why they bought the seats in the first place. They're underneath cutting deals so they can pay for those seats. (laughs) That's a tough concourse too sometimes. Give a little credit. It is a shot to, I think, Sheldon's first star of the game comment. Yeah, I think so too. There's a definite uh, theme here with a little bit of pushback to one another. Um, you, you know, and, and I think that something that stemmed over to Kipper was the physical aspect of the game and how Sheldon Keith talked about borderline violent. There was some borderline violence and it ended up that Tampa really didn't have, didn't have their way with the Leafs, which I think physically was a surprise in the first game. And was that the strategy all along for, for Sheldon to, um, bring awareness to it? Mm-hmm. bring the officials to it. The penalties we did not expect that somewhat of a parade to the penalty box. Yeah, it went as it best as best it could have for the Leafs in the end. And I'll just chime in here. We'll talk about the other games later, but I was watching every game last night. I put on a clinic last night, boys, watching hockey. Holy just smokes. Just boom, boom, sports, boom. Huh? Just clicking away. But it was a completely different whistle. That You watch that Caps-Washington game. There was... Murder getting away in the in the third period and the second period. It was a completely different whistle in that game than what we saw in Toronto and 
in Tampa. So be very interested to see what we're getting tonight. Okay, just to throw it a little bit off topic here. How important was the remote last night? Oh my god! Clicking my finger. I, I got my I finger. Spent, oh, no, no. I, I wasted ten minutes trying to figure out how to do like a split screen on my TV. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wasted ten minutes looking for it. <laughs> looking for I'm what? Free, the remote. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like freaking out. I'm yelling at the top of my lungs. My wife put it in the cradle. I'm like. The cradle. Where the cradle. The recharge cradle. Oh, there's a, oh that's the okay. last place like I universal looked. Setup. Humble brag. You're going to charge your remote. What are you doing to me? It's not where it goes. I, I gotta take goes. The, I got to take the batteries out of my remote and rub them together yeah. and blow on them for my remote to and work. Kipper was like, I couldn't find the butler to turn it on anywhere. <laughs> Do you think the game gets called as tight as it did in game one? I, I don't. I, I cannot see it. I saw... Two, three marginable calls. Yeah. I think that Keefe was prepared for what he expected uh, to be a tough game from Tampa, and he was preparing the refs for what he expected to come from Tampa. And it sounds like what John Cooper expected to come from Tampa as well, and it just didn't. So that was sort of a strange thing. Let's, let's have Cooper talking about their physical or their lack of physical play. The physical aspect of the game is a part of our plan. I mean, we've... In our past couple of years, that's been a big staple of ours, the wear teams down. Uh, I don't think it was in our, you know, we wanted to be more physical in the game. We just weren't. And for whatever reason, um, but it's part of it. And it's that's part of the grind. And you never know how long the game's going to go, whether it's going to be 60, 70, 80. You know, you have your heart on defensemen. You may not see results in the first period, the second period, but you might see it in the third. But if you're not doing it at all... It becomes an easy night, and uh, I thought it was an. E- we just we let them off the hook. It was an easy night for them. Yeah, that's that. That would be the the biggest motivator tonight for Toronto to go up two nothing. That comment right there. Oh yeah, that would be the last thing I'd probably say. Or, it was an. E- we just or, we let them off the hook. It was an easy. I, night I, I would them. play that clip. That's good, Derek. I would play that clip for the for the guys. Yeah. There, there, that's the, the, that's the respect that he has for you. You know, for as prepared a guy as I think John Cooper is, I think if you've been watching this Leafs team over the past, oh, five years, the best thing John Cooper could have done to prepare his team for tonight is to say, I'm going to say a bunch of stuff in the media I don't mean, and then go out in the media and say, that, I don't know if we can handle that hockey. God, are they good. Did you guys see how good that Leafs team is? They're fast, they're tough, they're good. And let them just believe it. Because this Leafs team, whenever they get feeling themselves, <laughs> they don't show up. Whenever they think it's going to be easy, they don't show up. I think it's the opposite. I, I think No. I think, when they think it's a hard game, they bring it. No, no, no. When I say that it's the opposite, I really believe that Sheldon, or I'm sorry, uh, John Cooper is is trying to, Divert the attention off of how fast they are into really how bad we were. It wasn't that they were fast. It was that we were that bad, that slow. Hmm. I, I, I don't think he, if you, if we can, uh, if we know what he's saying publicly, can you imagine what, how he's dissing the Leafs behind closed doors? I imagine all their clips are them making or are Cooper showing plays they normally make that they didn't make. He's going, 
you know, Stammer, you're on the back door, you know, you don't get a piece of this one, or Cooch on the on the power play breakout. Like, all you got to do is, is make this open pass, and it's not that hard. I, it's just them to me. They would be looking at their own game going, hey, we just, we weren't it. We're, we're, that's not the team we are. We're better than this. Yeah, and it's something I noticed with Kucherov in, in the first uh, game was he loves to he loves to pass. I know that, but there's a lot of times where he seemed like he was not afraid to shoot, but very hesitant to shoot at different moments. He just seemed off, and I don't know if that had to do with the least of their aggressiveness on their on their defense or whatever. But it just seemed like he was a little bit hesitant to shoot. So be interested to see what he does tonight. Great. Uh, so much better when he shoots because he the, then he the can fake five it. minute major and how they swarmed and how they gave him no time to breathe. I think completely threw them off the rest of the game. Their timing, the mm. whatever you thought that you had coming in with your momentum and your forty plus percent on the power play, and I'd have to kind of revisit the last few games of their of their season but we know they had the stretch where they were really bad and then they had a stretch when they were really good but in 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 the final two weeks of the season they didn't see that type of pressure no you know it's interesting someone in the youtube chat said cooper is good with his uh, ase is good with his choice of words he is a lawyer after all like, and I do think that the word choice that he, he makes here is, is not unintentional at times. Um, you know, the, the slight that it was easy for Toronto. Do you want to get to how Sheldon responded to that? Is it, because um, I, I think it's interesting that it seems like it, it should be offensive for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but to me, Keith went out of his way to not say, well, you know, like F him, we are the better team or like, you know, he doing his best to avoid the war words. Let's let's listen to okay. Sheldon uh, respond to Cooper saying that it was an easy game. Well, I, mean, I don't I don't coach Tampa. I mean, it's oh, he's going to have his thoughts and his opinions on his team, of course, and um, you know, probably not unlike when we went down there and we we lost eight one. You know, that he probably felt really good about his team and what they did, and then I, of course, didn't feel very good about what we did. So I think that's just natural for for coach to do that we obviously did a lot of good things in the hockey game that we we can build upon but at the same time that's not the that's not the tampa team that we prepared for so you know we're expecting to see that team here tonight sammy he was a little bit more reserved today was he not yes sheldon yes i listened to uh he talked for about eight minutes which for him is basically two minutes, but um, usually talks like 13, 14 when he's feeling really good. Mm -hmm. And he was definitely a lot more closed off today, a lot less. um, He wasn't, didn't have as much praise, wasn't as, you know, we talked about how excited he was after the last game. Really was. Yeah, and how fired up and how uh, much praise he was heaping on everyone. It was a different guy today, which, hey, it's game day, maybe a little bit more locked in. Which for me tells me that, Quite possibly, a, a Brendan Shanahan maybe had a talk with him and and maybe just calmed him down a little bit. I I think, think? He, he does have a tendency to get uh, over chatty I, I think with the media. He am mm-hmm. and Kyle both get excited in the moment. Like you see Kyle last night when Matthew scored, or sorry, the night before, and Matthew scores the one timer. His celebration on that, you know, like looks similar to mine actually. OT winner celebration, yeah. you know, like wants it. Yeah. Um, but then the next day they both regroup pretty well. You know, a cooler head, yeah. some time to reflect. It's like yeah. a, 
you know, and then try yeah. to bring your team back down to earth, I think. For, for me, Sheldon was way too complimentary across the board after opening up a Stanley Cup playoffs after one game. It's just, what was he supposed to say no, after I that know, game? I, like, it, I think... I think especially with a, a veteran now, Cooper's the longest tenured head coach in the National Hockey League. By miles. So by like four years. You or don't want to go toe-to-toe with this guy in the media. You don't want to. Oh, he's savvy. You don't want to. I agree with this. You do not want to go and have me, the media bait you into a Cooper says this. Now, what do you think? I, I, I liked his answer today. I agree. I liked his, I don't coach Tampa, right? At the end of the day, still the Stanley Cup champions. Pretty good record. We won just one game. That's it. Yeah. That, you don't need to go anywhere else. I, I, think, I think that was either a Brendan Shanahan maybe talking to him or somebody else getting to him, or this could be Sheldon on his own just saying, whoa, take a deep breath here. Don't yeah. get caught into all of this. I don't need to turn myself into a, a media star or a media, you know, I don't need to suck the oxygen out of this series on, on every word I say. Well, and, and also there's the element of how do you get your team up for the next game? Like how does he go in tonight and sell the Toronto Maple Leafs players on we need to be the team we were last night? Like you need to talk Tampa back up to that team, right? Like you need to go back in there and say, we're not playing game one Tampa. We're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning that have won cups, that have never lost back-to-back games in 13 years. Uh, or sorry, in, in, uh, in two years over 13 losses. Like, part of his job today is to sort of squash that energy and re-prepare the guys. In about 20 minutes, uh, Jim Ralph will join us. Of course, he does the uh, color analyst uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, here on uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan. He's been... Uh, Big piece of our, our show all season long. Does a terrific job. Looking forward to get his thoughts going into game two. And then after the break uh, in hour two, our good friend Colby Armstrong is going to stop by. Colb. Of course, he'll have plenty to say, not only on, on Toronto and Tampa, but pens in triple overtime, which... Preview of that conversation. Hey, Sid. Sid's still really good, eh? Yeah, <laughs> still good. <laughs> yeah. And we've got talk on Calgary and Dallas, Klingberg versus Anderson. Who saw that one in the in the round one playoff fight division? Nobody. Nobody. Daryl Sutter's uh, gonna weigh in later too. Not as an interview, but clips. Oh, he was like, you got, you got. Sats <laughs> is coming in. Good get. All right, let's just uh, let's stay with uh, John Cooper uh, for a minute here because this goes into what we can expect for Game Two, but. Overall, let's go to him for his thoughts on the resilience of his Tampa Bay Lightning this time of year uh, to not string losses. Good group of turning the page. Um, they dig their heels in when they're pushed up against a wall. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's game one. We've had a pretty good history of taking game two. Again, it's not, you know, guaranteeing future success tonight, but... Uh, the goalie finds a way to get himself dialed in in these situations. Not that he doesn't in other scenarios, but give him, you know, 60 minutes of a game, especially put a few by him. Uh, he's a pretty proud guy. And uh, when he's got his focus in like he has in these scenarios, he's pretty tough to beat. 
it's clear he's got stars on defense. He's got stars up front. Mm-hmm. But he knows where his bread's buttered. Yeah, for sure. The goaltender. And, you know, when they have lost game one of a series, which has happened three times in the last two years, in series they've gone on to win, the next games they've won 3-2, 3-2, they 4-3. They haven't come out and smoked their opponent. They've just gotten one more save. They've done that little bit more, you know, that's sort of like the, the difference between being champions and not. And I fully expect tonight to be a grindy game. I expect it to be really close and I expect it to be really hard to beat Vasilevsky. I would be shocked if we're sitting here tomorrow and they hung another five on Vasilevsky. So uh, this, you know, the stat was floating around. We didn't mention it yesterday and it's a good day to mention it today. And I, I saw some people kind of bristling at it because there's a bigger sample size in Vasilevsky's playoff career than the last two seasons. But in the last two playoff years, he is 14-0 and with a 9-5-1 save percentage and a 1-2-0 goals against uh, after a loss. Wow, that's wild. Great so Great what you're staff. saying is due. Bingo. And I got that text sent to me this morning by a friend of mine, and my exact response, Kipper, was exactly what you said. He's due for a stinker. So hopefully it's tonight. But those are some daunting numbers for Keith and the Leafs. Fall on him. <laughs> <laughs> Just fall on him. Okay, so... Ah. There there were times when he still looked really good in game oh, one. Oh, yeah. No, he made a couple right? saves along the way, for sure. I mean, it wasn't an easy night for him. I don't think there, there was any point where I was like, oh, Vasilevsky. You know, the guests on Marner looked terrible. But I don't even know if he could have got, I don't know. It was a tough spot. He was kind of hung out to dry there. You do expect uh, a, a closer game. Where I think Tampa Bay is going to have a, a tough time here is matching the energy that the Toronto Maple Leafs have. Like there's a there's a much more uh, it's a much more natural energy coming off a team like Toronto than it is for me if and if we go back three and a half four weeks where we've seen them really bad, really good and then really bad again. Mm-hmm. It's it it's just not it's work now for this team to bring their energy up. And if the Leafs do lose tonight or if they do lose the series, it won't be because their energy dropped. Right. It'll be because they're making some bad mistakes. They didn't get a key save. Just look at the last few years in the playoffs, and, and that will be the case. I looked at Tampa the, in that loss and they could not match the energy. Hmm. And even if they try to dig sometimes, and you've been through this as an athlete, yep. you just try to dig down deeper and it's just Nothing nothing's the there. Nothing's yeah. there. Yeah. Like trying to grab a handful of water in a bucket. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's all coming kind of piggybacking off what you're saying there with the, the energy and matching the Leafs' energy. I think there's just way more for the Leafs to lose in terms of the, the pressure. And they, they acted like it in game one. They acted like, like they're, the they're, more they're, desperate they're, team. They're, they're scared of the alternative. Correct. Yeah. Right? Well, this which is... is what they got last year, which what Marner got and Matthews and yes. just that whole, like that's where their thick is, their skin's thicker. But they are, they played scared to experience that again. I don't know what the scared part would be for Tampa Bay. Is it... Yeah. Well, we blew a chance to be three in a row. Still pretty good to get two. 
I get an early vacation. <laughs> no, I, I do think, though, what you're talking about is the difference between, this is a big thing in sports, love to win and hate to lose. Everybody loves to win, right? Like when the, when rookies come into the league, man, it'd be fun to win a Stanley yeah. Cup. I'd love that. That'd be unbelievable. Like I, I would think it'd the, be... The hatred to lose is something you got to develop. It's got to harden. I would be really impressed if, if Tampa found a way to look like they're just scared to blow a chance to make history. Yeah. That, to me, this is a really pivotal game. Yeah. Like, Leafs up 2-1, and now you're asking Tampa Bay to beat the Leafs four out of five games. Yeah, if they're up 2 nothing. yeah. If they're up 2 nothing. Yeah. Like, to me, this is huge right now. Leafs could really put a foot on their neck the, there is, Yeah, I know. And, and you know what's crazy is I think they put themselves in a good spot here. There is the feeling like if Tampa was going up to Toronto here at the start of the series, they would have been aiming for a split. You know, they can still accomplish their goal. So it can kind of render that first game moot. They come out and they outplay Toronto. They get some more yeah. saves and all of a sudden it's 1-1. It's like, well, you know, yeah. now Tampa's got home ice and, you know, the, the whole thing, the doubt starts to set in again. Like Big swing. I, I, I do agree with Cooper. He, he just, you know, he just throws it that we weren't very good and it was easy. But the reason why he probably feels that way is just because they just did not bring it. They yeah. didn't bring that energy. That should there should be a natural energy in game one that you did not see yeah. out of Tampa Bay. I'm interested in yeah, the game first one, crowd stole Game it. one is interesting because that's when you would expect it to be at the all-time highest, right? When you would expect Tampa to come shot out of the gun. Of like, yeah, we've been through this. You guys yeah. calm down. Maybe, yeah, maybe let the crowd and everybody get all fired up for game one and we'll get the split in game yeah. two. I, I did wake up this morning thinking that the Lightning would win tonight, but you that's just because fear. I'm a fan. Yeah, I, I am feeling a little... I don't think it's going to be that easy for them. I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm actually surprised maybe, maybe at the, your may, Leafs may, optimism maybe, today. Maybe the... Uh, maybe the uh, maybe there is an energy switch for them. Maybe they're that that good, that You worry about that a team that thinks they can flip it on but and off. I, 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 I didn't see a team that was desperate to look to to miss out the opportunity to win three in a row last uh, last game. Right. Didn't see it. I, I do think tonight is going to be a splendid hockey game. And like, you know I what? really, really do think. The Leafs are fielding their whole hockey team tonight. Oh, yeah. I mean, all hands on deck. I don't know if Sandine would have been available to them, but seems like pretty much available uh, or everyone available. Michael Bunting draws in for game two, which is... I think great news. The top line will be reunited, pushes Kasha down to the fourth line. The second line is going to look like Tavares with Mikheyev and Kerfoot. Um, so, so you know, there's a, a bit of a switch around here. Uh, All right. Let's, let's go to a Clippers, okay. uh, Kippers Clipper on uh, Sheldon talking about his fully healthy hockey club. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I have a thought about it in that, in that context. And like I said, our guys are dealing with different things, but um and it's nice to have options here, you know, like to have uh, uh, both Bunting and Kasha come into the series here. That makes a big difference for us. And, and then on defense, just the same, you know, with the depth that we have there too. And, and then and, and in goal too. So all of that, uh, you know, this time of year, that's what you, you want to have. Um, obviously, we hope that we can maintain that. But at the same time, we feel, we feel like we've, we've got support uh, in the event that something occurs. Very seldom you get your, your, your lineup and you get to, to pick and choose. Probably won't again all, all playoffs. Just the way it goes. Yeah. 
I, uh, Thoughts on Spezza? Feel for him. Yeah. Because I, I would like him to get in there, but I think that what they have now is a better option than with him. Don't you? Putting Bunting on the top and having Kerfoot there, Kosh on the fourth line. You don't lose any speed in the bottom half of your lineup, putting Kosh on the fourth line. Do worry about him banging around with those guys at the bottom of the lineup on Tampa, but I, it, the lineup looks pretty deep at the moment. And with the exception of Simmons, yeah, a- anybody can move up or move down. Correct. Very true. And that's that. That's that's a luxury that. And even Simmons is a twenty-five, thirty goal guy at one point. Like he's not. Even if you need to bump him up there just to give somebody some breathing room, yeah. isn't there? Everyone won't, can won't play. hurt. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it's not about up front. It's about that back end. And I just think. Besides Kasha, the the Muzzin look in game one was really a, a solid, convincing, not don't have to worry about this guy too much here. Like, I, I mean, you, I know you're shift to shift, mm-hmm. game to game here. Right. But come on. That was far cry from stuck in cement boots Muzzin on the uh, – in the last two weeks. He's a good guy that I, a good example, someone who I think benefited from the PK early because he got out there. He got to, you know, get hit by a few pucks and do the things that make him feel useful to get into the game. I just can't help but feel like the addition of Mark Giordano gives them so many guys that you feel comfortable going over the boards. Like whether it's Brody or Muzzin or Giordano, those guys all make me pretty comfortable. And Morgan Riley is their top guy. You know, you're, you're now, you're a lot of guys in where you feel okay about whatever their matchup is going out there. So, yeah, Muzzin goes a long way, but just the depth is different this year than it has been in past seasons. I feel like they haven't lost a ton of games with Sheridan in the lineup. Like no, really they're 16-5. 16-5? and five. 16 No, they're and better five. than that. Are they? I think they're better than that. They're, they've been... Might big- be 19-3 and three or 4 or something. Yeah, okay, I'm going off a, a comment I got in my uh, mentions. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually research just really, that Whatever it is, it's really <laughs> it's good. A lot. That's what I mean. Like, I didn't even really need to quantify it with a number. It yeah. just feels yeah. like they win a hell of a lot more than they do. They lose with Giordano. But just to go back to the forwards for a second, what are you expecting from Bunting tonight? Because we saw how game one went. Yeah. And he's, like, I guess he's fully healthy now, right? A, a, he was hesitant there. He, there was some talk he was going to play in game one. But do you think he's still going to have that same yes. energy yes. on the top line? He like, is, are you expecting him the, to be the he, himself? The, the one great thing about him, and it's not everybody has this ability, but whether you're scoring or not, you get noticed. Yeah. And either he's running into somebody, he's knocked on his ass, he's giving an official a hairy eyeball, you notice him. Let me tell you, that's a skill I wish I had, being useful without getting points. You just notice him. Yeah. And most importantly, and consistency this year, is you notice him around the net. Falls per per goalie. Um, He led the league, I think, in whoopsies. So I I think he... I I don't think it's it's one of those things where he can... Turn on or off either. He's He's, he's got that, that makeup. Well, you know what, though? This is, that's a great point because it is like with guys like Brad Marchand, who's like that, and, and other guys that you would identify as having careers where they play like that. You can't fake it. 
You just no. you're you're the like that or you're not. Like you know, some guys go out there and put a shift together. You know, maybe what's his name, the Klingberg might go out there and be a tough guy for a shift or a game, but you can't do it every night the way. I mentioned Klingberg because we'll bring this up later. But do you think Tampa has a sense of not dread but annoyance that they know he's going into the lineup? Like like ah, oh, crap. No, I was going to say a different I, word. Ah, oh, crap. I, I I don't think so. No? And and we are talking about a guy that still hasn't. Don't I don't think he's got a hundred games under his belt. He this is his rookie year, albeit. He's like turns twenty seven soon. Twenty seven. Thirty two. Right? <laughs> turns forty eight next week. Even though he's one of the oldest players on the team. <laughs> right. It's the, the, you just won't give him that type of respect. Yeah. I don't think. I, I agree. I don't think Tampa looks at Michael Bunting and thinks twice. I do think in the meeting they probably go, Hey, this guy, yes. you know, if you get the chance to put a lick on him, Loves he's hundred and eighty. Draw penalties, yeah. will right. flop, will Draw attention. Just make sure you have a good stick, a good body position on him. And, of course, how how the official is going to yeah. paint this one tonight. It's actually, I wonder if uh, Bunting has a harder time knowing, you know, playoffs, the calls. I know they weren't in game one, but typically yeah. are a little harder to get. And I know they go up, but it's because there's way more infractions. One, one embellishment uh, fine for him this year. At yep. least one, yeah. Just one, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so he's on a list. But I'm wondering it's like if it's harder offic- to draw a penalty in the postseason. I don't think it is if if you're dealing with about a – I'll give it a, a, a 10 to 15% leeway, whereas if if it's 65% legit, yeah. then his 10 or 15 on how he falls yeah. won't factor in. But if it's a 50-50 yeah. and there's somehow some way that the official gets just – it rubs the wrong way, he ain't getting the call. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Uh-huh. So I think the officials you hope are are savvy enough to say, hey, at the end of the day, whether you added a little hot sauce to it, still a penalty. So do you think – you know, we're talking about bunting and Tampa looking at him coming in – do you think that all this noise of being in Toronto matters to them? Like, oh, the, the media is talking about Keefe and it's Cooper and Bunting's in and, you know, Tampa doesn't have the juice. They can't bring the energy. Do you think they give it? Do you think they care? Oh, do you think they almost. care? No. <laughs> no. You know, you just think they've been through it and they've. Uh, yeah. I, I just think if if you understand the game, you understand what's important. Uh, all of it sometimes is just noise. Yeah. Well, Cooper talked to his team about it, about trying to keep them away from all of this noise you're talking about. Let's hear Coop on that one. Well, it's hard to ignore because it's on every TV station. Like, we'll tell our guys, don't don't watch TV. Like, cell phones, you know, your social media and all that stuff. It's just hard because you want that in a city you want the city to be buzzing you want the country you want everybody to be having fun and pulling for their team uh but you don't want uh you you know you don't want to hear guys pick players apart you know like oh this player is picked apart of this and and it's just it's not fair to them they're the best players in the world at what they do um 
And so I'd rather, you know, our focus be on beating the Toronto Maple Leafs as the Tampa Bay Lightning and not, well, this guy was minus this or this guy didn't have enough hits or this guy didn't make the save or that's, it's a team game. And yes, you, you love the fact that the city's embracing it because it's good for our sport. Uh, but it's like I tell our guys, you want to get on social media and you want to enjoy all this stuff, do it at the parade. <laughs> oh my Enough God. said. Oh Do my. it at the parade. Get on, you know what? Do it on a boat. Cooch, wear your uh, 92 million salary cap shirt on, uh, you know, on the boat. Your Bud Light gear. Okay, and and for the record, whether you're a Wiley veteran like John Cooper or or a rookie head coach, they're gonna do. They're gonna follow. They're going to watch. They're on Instagram. They're going to do on, they're, whatever they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Okay. Can't avoid it. I've played with enough teammates where it's like, I don't read the press. I don't read newspapers. And it's like, they're walking into the, or where's the Toronto sun? Somebody grab me the Toronto <laughs> sun. I want to read the Toronto sun. <laughs> I can tell you from experience, being right? in the Leafs coach's office, there is a stack of printed press clippings every day. If the coaches want to grab them, the PR department says, here's what, you know, here's the stack. Do the Leafs have uh, somebody watching all the press? What about our YouTube they're listening, stream? They're listening to everything we're saying Hi right guys. now. <laughs> What's up, <laughs> hey, everybody? Well, if you're in don't, PR, your don't job forget my is food voucher tone, tonight, boys. Right? <laughs> don't forget my food voucher. <laughs> to take the tone, what's being said, and how to fight back against issues for the team. Keep it as simple for the team as possible. What's funny is PR used to mean promote public relations, promoting the team, getting out in the community, getting the, the word out about your team. Now it's insulating the players. It's the opposite. And it's insulating the the group so they can be at their best to win. They're almost more of a member of the staff in terms of protecting internally that they don't have to deal with a bunch of garbage. It's a different role. Yeah. And it's a different beast here. It's not like we need to promote this game so we can sell more seats. No, you're, you're right. Right. Which I wonder about that. I I I think that eventually backfires not doing that. Yeah. Every 75 years, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) And we're not in one, but it ain't (laughs) happening today or tomorrow or or next year. Yeah. Not this year. Like, if you're an owner, which we know the Leafs have media conglomerates owning the team, but if you're one owner and you have a concern about community and season tickets and corporate responsibilities, then you instruct your management team to get your players out there. Yeah, go be a part of it. Right? That's not happening here. How many how many leaf players have we had on this show? And then when they are, they're available to, you know, the two owner ownership groups. Yeah. But not that they say anything anyways, but it would be nice every once in a while. But <laughs> yes. where where is that on their priority list to have leaf players out on on radio or TV? If we could talk about something today, I'd like to have Willie on to ask him about his pregame meal. Oh, yeah. We can save that clip for later. But. Uh just a programming note before we go to to break here is that the Leafs game tonight will be on uh, City News 680. So we got the the Blue Jays commitments here, which we always do on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. But we're going to have it on City News 680 uh, starting at 730. So, Thanks, Sam. There you go. Just want to make sure that's where Ralphie will be calling the game. And uh, that's where I'll be sitting beside Ralphie biting my fingernails. Love it. Good stuff. Nice. 
Oh boy, I'm you'll nervous. be fine. No, I'm nervous, boys. You're I, up one nothing. I know, but it's just it's got a cushion right now. The way I see that you get to enjoy three games. No matter what happens tonight, it's fun. Even if you go down two one, you're you're still in the series. You get get to game four before you really gotta poop your pants. I'm just very very lucky to get to go tonight. There's not a ton of people that would like to go and do what I'm doing, so yeah. I'm blessed but very nervous. Gratitude. Speaking of pooping your pants, yes, we'll get Jim Ralph oh. after the break to uh, talk about. <laughs> Okay. Willie Nylander. All <laughs> oh, right. Who so Jim, Jimmy got a story for Could us? have maybe had a bit of an issue from his pregame meal. Game one. Hey, he was skating like he had a tailwind out there in the first period. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, you're about to find out after the break. Jimmy Ralph on Real Kipper and Bourne, show number 145. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Teeing up game two. Scotiabank Arena, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs. You think uh, first goal is important tonight? No, nah, it's fine. Give up a few be all right uh, it's like the blue jays you just <laughs> never quite out of it right no, you just you're gonna watch down three or four and the leafs with that offense even if tampa goes up to nothing you're like okay matthews marner they're not gonna get ripped off any of the good looks right in a hockey game all right let's welcome in jim ralph the voice of the toronto maple leafs color analyst now Ralphie, I know that you, you're you right there with Bonesy, right beside, but I can't think of anything I'd rather not have in my life than Sammy McKee right beside me watching a Leaf game. Is, like, are you, are you, are you aware of, of, of Sammy McKee, your producer, and, and what he battles internally every night with the Leafs? Uh, to be honest, Kip, I, I think I signed uh, a picture for him once, and uh, I don't think we ever really spoke up. Was <laughs> 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 my uh, Springfield Indian rookie card, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, what's the vibe you think going into Game Two? Did Did Game One do anything to to curb uh, the nervousness that fans like Sammy had in Game One? Uh, I think to an extent that, and I think, you know, down, down the stretch when they, they beat Florida at home and uh, they beat Tampa, they beat Carolina twice, uh, they won in Boston, uh, that that was sort of the, the lead in that you can beat anybody. That's not, and that's not a prediction that they will, but I think it gave them that, that jolt of confidence that, um, that they're not going to go into any series, maybe not being a huge favorite, but not being a huge underdog either. So um, I think the importance was leading up to it, and and what you liked about it was, uh, I mean, let's face it, that that five minute major could have gone the other way, and, and the conversation could be entirely different than it is right now. But it was uh, you love the energy they played with and and the confidence and came out of that. It went so well. Um, it's halfway tempting to be like, you know, that was a great play by Clifford. It changed things. But uh, no, you're right. <laughs> uh, very could have looked very differently had it gone differently. 
Uh, one of those things for the Leafs uh, is Jack Campbell and his his goaltending. Do you feel better about where he's at right now? Do you feel confident about the goaltender he's looked like the last little bit as they head into what's hopefully a playoff run that's longer than a week? Yeah, absolutely, boring. And then the other side of it as well. Uh, teams, for the most part, automatically lock it down more in the playoffs as well. So you're not, uh, you know, for the most part, the odd man rushes are eliminated and, and the backdoor plays. So um, even though the margin of, of error is so slim for goaltender in the playoffs, I think it's easier in some ways because uh, you're not, uh, it's not like a game in February or even that game in Florida when the Panthers came back from a 5-1 deficit. Uh, you don't you don't see those games as often in the postseason. So I think from a goaltender standpoint, if if you're, you've got your confidence and you say, all i got to do is square up, take the shot, and um, and everybody else will do their jobs. That, uh, in some ways, it's, it's a bit easier, but, you know, when the goaltender is getting beat on those shots, um uh, anybody watch Colorado last night? Uh, you know you can find yourself. Yeah. Uh, you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. So yeah, I think it was important his stretch as well as the teams going to the playoffs that he was getting back to there and and now nothing like starting the playoff series off for the shutout. Does it help now that you've found a way to get not once but twice to Vasilevsky, say in the last five weeks, six weeks? Yeah. Yeah, I think it does because it. I mean, now we could be talking in uh, what six hours from now on, you know, how Vasilevsky's uh, bounce back numbers in the playoffs have been incredible, and and which they have. I'm sure you guys have seen it posted. I think yeah. in the last two years, but he's 14 and 0 with a 966 save percentage after a loss. So you should be even, you know, not confident that you were able to, you know, solve them. Um, but also be very leery that uh, his bounce back could be the difference in him too. What did you make of John Cooper's comments? Maybe you didn't hear them, but he basically said that, uh, you know, we gave him a freebie. You know, we weren't good. He made it sound like it wasn't about Toronto showing at all and just that Tampa wasn't Tampa. Uh, yeah, what'd you make of that? Um, I think, well, the, the, the response from Sheldon Keith, I, I think was the same thing. He said, look, he's going to talk. He said, when we got in and, and beat it, got beat eight, one in Tampa, he said, uh, they're talking about how well they played, and I'm saying that we gave them a free and then, you know, didn't compete that night. So I think it was understandable. And I think, um, you know, as much as you're, you're going to look at matchups and you're going to watch film about the other guys, you know, tendencies, uh, the bottom line is, is if you're, if you're a confident group, um, you're more worried about yourself than the other team. So, uh, and, and let's face it, I, I think there's a certain amount of truth to it, especially, you know, considering the opportunities they had in the power play in the first period. Ralphie, we know Tampa Bay's got offensive weapons that can match Toronto's. Uh, we're talking about guys historically that'll be Hall of Famers, man. And I'm just wondering how important was it that that Matthews and Marner uh, got off the Schneid early here uh, and ahead of the points and the Stamkoses and the Kucherovs? Well, I mean, everybody can downplay it, but I I think it was huge. Uh, you know, even for Marner and. and even when you look at Matthews, uh, he played less than 17 minutes. You know, uh, Pierre Ringvall and David Kemp had more minutes than Austin Matthews in the opener. So I think, uh, you know, from a Leaf standpoint, I don't think you could have drawn up a, a game one result any better. With Marner and Matthews scoring, Campbell gets the shutout. The penalty kill was great. You score shorthanded. You score in the power play. And uh, and you're thrilled with it. But, but I think it was important because 
as much as, you know, uh, Mitch Marner can say that he doesn't think about it and it's a new series and it's a new game, um, you know, you don't want it hanging over your head in the game three or game four when all of a sudden the series is tied at two and, and you're still looking to do something offensively. So I think it's, it's probably a lot more important than a lot of people will uh, will give it credit for. So, Ralphie, in game one, uh, Spezza can't get in the lineup in favor of Kyle Clifford. Cliffy gets suspended. He's not available game two, and Spezza's still in the press box. Um, obviously been a big part of this team the past couple of years and regular seasons. How do you feel about the decision to, to keep him out games one and two? Yeah, I, I, I still think, Borny, you're going to see him in. And, yeah. you know, probably for, for Blackwell at some point. Um, because without Spezza, even if you, if you want to look at it on the second power play unit, uh, without him, there's there's a huge drop off, you know, yeah. from the from the first to the second, at least, you know, throughout the uh, the season, and even you know he had a couple of times uh, in Washington and Columbus when he was on the ice with the goalie pulled and, and scores the game tying goal, you know, he's still somebody that can uh, contribute that way. But I, but I understood, especially the way that that eight one loss in Tampa ended with all the brawls and scraps and everything, uh, you had to go into game one I think with Simmons and Clifford. Uh, absolutely, and uh, you wonder if the series goes on. I mean, and, and Gipper, I'd, I'd like your take on this. Uh, when you see Patrick Maroon grab Morgan Riley, uh, you say, okay, what's what's the equivalent of that the other way? And I'm not saying it'll happen, but that's, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's 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 in the back of guys' minds that uh, you get another instance like this where there's a scrum and say Simmons and Kucherov or Braden Pointer on the ice. Uh, you might wonder if that goes a little differently. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't know what's going on with Braden Point, uh, but there has been a shoulder issue there down down the down the regular season, the end towards the regular season. I don't know how healthy he is, but go grab a guy like that. I mean, your timing has to be good where it's not going to cost you. Let's make no mistake about that. But that to me is the equivalent of of something like that. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, don't grab Maroon or, or Perry, go, go get in the face of one of their better players. Yeah. And I mean, I, and, and for all the kids listening, we're not condoning violence. We're just saying borderline <laughs> violence. <laughs> just borderline. We're just saying sometimes you just got to protect your own. Right. Yeah. So um, the way I look at it is the, the first rock was thrown and, and, <laughs> And now you can pick it up and throw it back if you get a chance. But so, the, uh, yeah, I, I just found that um, that interesting. And then, of course, Morgan Riley uh, t- takes a little more frustration on Rutu before it was over. But it was uh, I just thought that was very interesting uh, to see Patrick Maroon go from uh, Wayne Simmons to Morgan Riley in the, in the first round of a playoff game. So does uh, your producer tonight, Sammy McKee, uh, suggest to you and, and Bonesy that you should stay off social media like John Cooper's suggesting that to his players? Oh, uh, the, uh, the cesspool known as social media? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. I don't think. Uh, I don't think. Well, I, Joe's a little different than me. Um, I think Joe uh, is a little more sh- social than I am. Can we put it that way, Kip? For sure. No yeah, question yeah. about that. But uh, in, all kidding aside, uh, Ralphie, do you like that? Is that part, is it just part and part of the Stanley Cup playoffs that the coaches may look for things that they say and do to deflect or challenge other coaches? Because 
it, it's real early in this series, and we've seen a little bit of that back and forth between Keefe and Cooper um, already, haven't we? Well, and, and what was funny was, you know, Keefe said that he, he thought it could be a violent series or a, um, I think violent was the word that it's he borderline. used. Borderline yeah, violent. Border, borderline violent. And John Cooper kind of said, oh, come on. Like, that was one game. It was nothing. And then what happens when it's 5 nothing? Uh, John Cooper's team decides they've got to make a statement <laughs> the way the Leafs did when they were down 8-1 in Tampa. So uh, I would say on that one, Keith was right. And even though Cooper was trying to downplay it going into game one, um, he certainly seemed to agree with it uh, by the end of game one. So, no, it's uh, there'll be some, some verbal jousting. But I think at the same time, they're both smart enough to realize that the other guy's got a pretty good team. And, uh, and you're not going to do anything that's... Uh, you know, going to be, uh, you know, chalkboard worthy where you're going to put up an article or a quote or something on the board to get guys extra motivated. I, I think there's still that line that, you know, you got to be careful with uh, not to cross it. Yeah, no, there's no doubt that that is a, uh, you know, a battle that these two sides are fighting. So, you know, heading into game two tonight, what what do you expect to see then? You know, the, given that John Cooper saying they didn't play well, the Leafs are making a case that, you know, they seem to think that they were at their very best. I, I guess my concern is just that the Leafs in the past, Ralphie, when they've gone up against Buffalo, they don't show up. When they get feeling good and they win a few in a row, they don't show up as much. It, are they going to be able to elevate it like they did in game one in back-to-back games? Well, I think, and, and again, when you start talking about, the, the, you know, the conversations around the team, um, you know what's going to happen if they get th- up 3-1 in a series. No, they're going to say, well, what about last year? And here we go again. And what if you lose and now it's 3-2 and you're uh, you're going to Tampa for game six? So uh, I, I think they've – I was, was watching one of the games last night with this one coach. Uh, his quote was, the, the best teaching tool is experience. And, and you hope they've got that. But now – uh, and one thing that the Leafs have really had a tough time doing over the last six years in the postseason is, is really putting the throat, the, the foot down in the throat of the opponent uh, a little tighter uh, when you've got them in a, a position where you can take uh, control of a series. So uh, I would expect them to come out with the same injury. I still don't think it, it got enough attention was the fact that uh, Tampa played, what was it, three games in five nights, uh, including game one. With the least rested guys on Friday, and uh, basically a lot of those guys didn't play for five days, and you know Tampa had all the travel and everything else, and and to me Tampa almost looked tired for Game One, and I I don't think you're going to see that for Game Two. I think uh, it's uh, it might be one of those that uh, you know a three-two overtime game for somebody. So even if the Leafs go up two nothing. Uh, th- that wouldn't give you a, a sense of security if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf for you? No, because I, th- I think Tampa's just got the ability that law of averages are going to eventually click in. I, I remember when the, uh, when the Leafs swept Ottawa, it was in 2000 or 2001. Um, the Leafs shut about the first two games in Ottawa, came back, and in game three, they were up 2 nothing with about three minutes left. And you're thinking, wow. I mean, they've just shut down the Senators. And then Ottawa comes back and, and scores two in the last two minutes. And you're going, okay, there it is. That's the ability before that high-scoring Corey Cross won it in overtime for Toronto. But uh, I, I remember having that feeling that eventually uh, they're going to break through. And, and I think you've got that feeling with Tampa. You know, whether it's tonight or, or whether it's in game three, there's, there's going to be that night where um, 
you're going to see the Stamkos, Kucherov, and the Tampa power play that we saw in the last 10 games of the regular season. Jim, one of my uh, favorite, the, the most accurate uh, pieces of analysis, I think, early in the season when the Leafs were struggling is you came on our show and you said that the Leafs have so many fast players, but they weren't playing fast. They just looked like a slower team for a team that had so many guys that can skate. Here we are all this time later, game one, and they just looked like a fast team. What what has changed for this team from the beginning of the year to now that allows them to just to look like a different team with the same group? Uh, I think a lot of it is if, if you're in sync, Borny, and that, that yeah. first 10-foot pass is to somebody that has their feet moving as opposed to somebody standing still or or somebody flies the zone early and he's waiting for it with his uh, backside pressed up against the boards at the, the opposing team's blue line waiting for the puck, uh, then you're not very fast. But uh, it usually starts with, with being good in your own end and, and your breakouts are good and you've got everybody coming out at the same time rather than having one guy 40 feet up, one guy standing still at center, and and you're just more in sync. And uh, you know they, that's always been my philosophy anyway, that uh, teams are going to play faster if the guy getting the puck is already moving. And and I think that's what they've been able to do with their, uh, with their breakouts and their entries. One more for me, Ralphie, and uh, you're, you're great to ask this because you've been around a long time and you're old like me. <laughs> Cooper kind of poo-pooed that whole crowd thing um, and made it abundantly clear to everybody that this is still the same crowd uh, that needs 15 minutes to get in their platinum seats uh, in the lower bowl. <laughs> How different did game one feel for you um, over the years, including, you know, the success runs, maybe even going back to, to, Gilmore's in Maple Leaf Gardens or the early 2000s? Uh, well, it's funny because I, I said to Joe, I said it must be a playoff game because they had, um, the teams hadn't even come out for the anthem yet and the seats were full. And then I made the comment and it wasn't smart ass. It wasn't, you know, condescending or making fun of anybody. Uh, but it showed that, uh, you know, the, the 20 guys in the lineup better be ready because 18,500 are here early to watch. So it's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, going back to that atmosphere, it's, um, uh, I think in some years, um, you know, the crowd in the playoffs uh, reacts nervously and, and they were proactive. And I think that's, that was what was impressive about it. And, and that was probably closer to the, the Gilmore Clark era, your era, uh, Kipper in the early 90s, and uh, maybe a little bit with the Sunny Dean era in the early 2000s where, there was a belief they could win as opposed to, gee, I hope nothing bad happens. And sometimes, especially get into overtime and crowds can get really nervous and quiet. And, uh, you know, they just, they just built on, you know, the penalty kill off the start, the crowd and, and just kept building as the game went on. So it was, it was uh, pretty awesome to be uh, in the building and experience that. Uh, do us a favor. Uh, I don't know if you've had your pregame meal yet. I know we're about, uh, what, three and a half hours away. But um, s- stay away from the sushi. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm an old Ontario kid. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big part I, of the repertoire. Oh, no. I, just, uh, I don't eat anything I can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Ralph, have a great call tonight. All right. Thanks, Kipper. Thanks, Bernie. Yeah, thanks, Ralph. Toronto Maple Leaf Radio Color Analyst. And, of course, we speak of Willie Nylander, who we found out 
wasn't feeling that well during game one. I watch right into that. Play the clip. Let's play the clip. Willie Nylander. William, uh, what kept you out of practice yesterday? Yeah, it was just, uh, I think I got food poisoning the day of the game. So uh, just needed some uh, little uh, little rest, a uh, little maintenance. Yeah, I was puking that day, but yeah, it's whatever. What'd you eat that went? I I think it was sushi for lunch. I I don't know. I don't think that was the. I'm not. I haven't gone to that restaurant in a long time, and it might have been where I got it. <laughs> this is wild. Like I I guess what strikes out strikes to me is just sushi for pregame meal, game one of playoffs. Like it's not like it's terrible, but like not the best. <laughs> I just, I don't know anyone who has ever had that as a pregame meal. Like, and I'm sure Willie does all the time. I'm, and there's, again, nothing wrong with it. It's just very surprising. We are talking about one of the richest organizations in the world that now have the players covered every which way. Your sleep doctor, your yeah. nutrition. Like, can you imagine now being the team nutrition? And, and hearing this. I can't imagine if right? super lean protein and white grain, white Did, rice is like, like the not, best not that you fuel. have to not, not that you have to tell these guys everything that they need to eat. No, and again, there's nothing wrong with what he ate. Can you imagine now if, he, if it was so bad that he missed game one or, you know, he's out a week or something? I'm dying to know what he gets. Like, is he getting sashimi? Is he, is he burping tuna, raw tuna during the game? So... I think he's going eel. Eel. <laughs> Barbecued eel out there. Barbecue eel. That'll get you every time. So, <laughs> Some bad pregame eel. Like, what are we doing here? So, get a bowl of pasta. I got I to gotta ask you. Chicken parm. <laughs> I, I, I don't necessarily call bull on this, but I know you guys have both had food poisoning in your lives, right? Yeah. I've never been sicker in my life than when I had food poisoning. And like, how do you? There's no way he had full on food poisoning and played and if you are, there is. It's sushi. It's just one hairball, and that's it. It's over. <laughs> that's it. It's like, <laughs> and that's it. It spits out, and you're good to go. Where do you get puking all day off of sushi? Oh, come on. That sounds pretty pukeable all day to me. Sushi. <laughs> I, it's just I can't. It's just a really strange thing to me. For a pregame meal choice for the for the playoffs. But maybe he does this. I know you mostly play on what you eat the night before, the day before. So it's not a huge thing. Did he go to Raba and get it? Like, where did he get the sushi <laughs> from the grocery store? I don't know. <laughs> is there a guy on the corner? <laughs> is it the same guy that I, I used food. to go get a, a, a um, cotton candy from yeah, that, yeah. on his bike uh, outside Maple Leaf yeah, Garden? Maybe he got, got food hot cashews. From, from UFO in the corner of Niagara and uh, by King Street there. It's a dicey spot. Hey, maybe, Where's he going? Maybe, a, can, a candy apple, cotton cane, popcorn, and sushi. <laughs> maybe he got at the same spot Phil got, got his hot dogs. Got a green dragon roll for him. Oh, my God. So, Sammy, what's your pregame meal tonight? Like, puck drop 730 tonight. Well, one of the great developments this Very year. Water dog. They've been They've been giving us the, the media voucher. So, I get a $25 voucher. Which is a hot dog. Which is, but you get... I mean, there's some nice little choices. Oh, that's the media room. Yeah, yeah. So, 25 bucks. No, 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 it's not the room. They just said the, the, they don't have the room the, anymore. What, not the, they don't have the, concourse. the media room anymore. They got it's 25 COVID, at the concession. COVID stuff. So they've, they've got a whole different entrance. and all, like in, This is not some bulls no one cares about, but there's a whole different entrance now, and you walk in, they give you 25 bucks for the concession, which is like... Yeah, I usually get you what? Uh, a a Haagen-Dazs? It's not usually like the healthiest 
You know, I'm, I, I'm looking at tonight. I'm probably looking at like a buffalo chicken wrap. Buffalo chicken wrap. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe That's some nacho, healthy. some nacho fries. Maybe a little something, something greasy. Get me fired up you for the game. Oh Twenty-one God. bucks. They don't give you four but, back, do but, they? But hey. then in the press box, they'll bring in slices of pot, like pizza, food and beverage managers listening right now. Oh, it's and great. Everything's food. healthy. Oh, it's all healthy, very healthy. But you can get freshy, plant-based. You can get whatever you want. Hot dogs. You just got twenty-five bucks yeah, to spend, and it doesn't up go. To you. It just doesn't necessarily go that. Far. And also, it does. Do you get the sushi in the platinum lounge no, for twenty-five bucks? I will be avoiding sushi <laughs> entirely. Not the biggest sushi. Sammy's guy the type anyway. of guy that'll take that voucher and go. Can, can I trade it in for at Leaf Sport and get a hat and a <laughs> scarf? Try and redeem it for cash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Um, on that note, let's take a break. Let's do it. Catch our breath. Mm-hmm. I think we got a few laughs ahead of us with Colby Armstrong, who my guess is probably went to bed after double overtime. You think he hung in there? Not a chance. He got kids. He did. <laughs> He's, He's got, got four young after. kids. Yes, he was there. He's got four Sh- young shocked. kids. He's exhausted by 1030. <laughs> that was my issue. All right. We'll ask Colby Armstrong after the break. We'll also get into Calgary and Dallas. One nothing. Where are all the goals? Don't need them. You just need one. Just need one. That was enough for Calgary. Okay. More after the break. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Real Kipper and Bourne.